I'm Amanda. And I'm Erin. We've got fat faces. And we've got some feelings. <laughs> well, hello, listeners. Welcome to the show. Today, we're really excited. We've got a great interview for you today with a new friend that we have made. Um, we are in Portland. We um, have been visiting with a lot of great folks in the community, but we got lucky because this week in Portland, Laura has um, been filming some yoga videos and we got to meet Laura yesterday and um, we just happened to be same place, same time. The universe. And so... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag the universe. The universe. The universe is amazing. <laughs> That's true. So this is Laura from Radical Body Love. So but one and the same. Not from, I guess. But you are. <laughs> you are Radical Body I'm Love, from, Laura. I am. I exist in um, and around. <laughs> Um, mostly you'll find, um, her stuff on Instagram and, um, YouTube. Yep. And we're really excited to talk to you today, Laura, about kind of your journey into this world and then what you're doing with yoga and, yeah. and what that's been like. So do you want to talk a little bit about, um, what you do right now? Um, yeah. So your channels and stuff. Right. So currently, um, well, there's like social media internet world and then there's real life oh, okay. um <laughs> yeah. and there's some overlap but also not so um anyone who has heard of me uh before probably knows me from instagram um maybe from youtube but probably not <laughs> um but so on those platforms i spend a lot of time talking about body positivity and yoga and plus size clothes and um like poorly applying makeup on camera, um, talking about my dog, but not ever showing my dog on camera. Um, and in real life, I spent a lot of time doing body love coaching individually with people and also teaching a lot of yoga classes in Houston. You are busy. I am busy. <laughs> yes. You're so busy. That's awesome. I think we found you on Instagram first mm -hmm. because you did the self-care September. Yes, it's one of my favorite things ever. I love it. We loved participating in that this year. Oh, I think yeah. we both did it on our personal pages, but then we also did it on the podcast page. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't as successful keeping up with it on my it's personal hard. page. It's hard. But Listen, it's hard. The yeah. times that I was able to like remember and like have reflection about it was really good. Mm -hmm. It was really good. We appreciated that opportunity to not just be creating content for social media just to create content, mm -hmm. but that it felt like it really did take us deeper. And we had some really good engagement with folks. Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. a real healing process. And so it's more, like you said, it's more than creating content, just something to post. Mm -hmm. You know, you do it and it really affects you. And like sometimes I hear from people like months later who are like, I'm still feeling that, you know, mm. it's like December and somebody's like, oh, I'm still thinking about, you know, this post from self-care September or something like that. It's okay. so, it's so cool. It's like planting little seeds yeah. that hopefully, you know, little self-care seeds mm -hmm. um, that hopefully all year long will bloom. Yes. Yeah. No, that's so true. And, um, 
I uh, thought about creating like our own, not 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 like a self care September, but like for another month doing like a daily. Oh, please do. Like, well, it's not easy. No, it's not. It's not. That's why I wanted to say this. I was like, that it's made really hard. it made me like really appreciate you creating that even more because I was like, okay, I, we can. We're creative people. <laughs> we can do this. But then I was like. But, you know, it was like we really needed to, like, take more time. It couldn't just be like, oh, let's throw this together for November, mm-hmm. you know, or December. It was like, okay, we need to, like, think about this mm-hmm. because it really is, like, purposeful work, even creating the, you know, the the content that people are going to use. Yeah. So, yes. And then actually doing it is so, yes. like, every day. <laughs> Um, And I have to pay tribute to the origins of Self-Care September. So I used to run a nonprofit called Body Love for All. Um, And it recently shut down. But um, for Mm -hmm. four years, we were going strong. And that's where Self-Care September started. So every September, we would host that. And the board members and I would... Um, take turns posting every day and doing all the content. So it used to be a group effort. This was the first year that I did it all by myself. Oh, wow. So just shout out to Body Love for All, RIP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but also, like, um, it was an adjustment, especially this year, because it was the first time I did every day posting all the things and then growing through the feed and engaging and, like, but it was really great because um, every year the participation has grown mm-hmm. and people are so thoughtful with their pose. Like it's not BS, you know, it's like really, I mean, it's real healing and that sounds so cheesy, but no, it it's is. true. I mean, it's a real healing. It's so, it's amazing. Like, ugh. I mean, so I'm a cancer, so I cry anyway, <gasps> like everything. <laughs> but like, you know, I would look at, I would look through the feed and literally tear up at some people's posts. Mm-hmm. It was really impactful. Yeah. yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. I, um, not only just going through it myself and kind of setting those intentions for myself, but then going through the hashtags and mm-hmm. seeing other people's stuff. Yeah. And it's yeah. really validating because you see other people who have the same thoughts as you, who have dealt with similar things. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not, you know, like nuts for thinking this or for hanging on to these feelings for so long or whatever. And then you see stuff from people that's totally different than what you think. And you're like, oh, my God, I never thought about that. You know, and so it helps you be validated, but also helps expand your perspective and awareness about things. Yeah. No, so true. I'm like, oh, it's going to be so long until the next one. Now I want (laughs) to. Yeah, you guys should do one. Yes. We'll think about that. Yeah, we will. Well, so um, to take a step back, can you tell us um, a bit of your story? How did you come to body positivity? Mm -hmm. What was that process for you? (laughs) Messy. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Okay, so I spent most of my life not super happy with myself. Shocker. Um, You know, it's a pretty common thing. I was always the fat kid. I got made fun of. I had a lot of weird defense mechanisms, um, some disordered eating behavior. I mean, I sound very flippant about it now because I it's been my whole life and I've done a lot of work around it. But I mean, it was like, you know, not great. Um, And so through high school, I was really unhappy. College, I was really unhappy made a lot of poor choices. Mm. Um, And then when I was in my 20s, I was living in Baltimore, Maryland, and I just really like hit bottom. I was really sad all the time. I was just really depressed. Um, I had great friends. I had a really good job. Like I actually had some money. Like, you know, like things looked good. Mm -hmm. But like inside, I was just really unhappy. I hated my body. I hated myself. I was super negative. Um, And 
I lived by myself and I was just lonely. Um, and, uh, I just like super, like all the time was fake and pretending. And so when I talk to people now who knew me then, and I tell them like the truth about how I felt then they're like, I had no idea. Like you seemed so good. You seemed happy and, you know, like healthy and love and life and whatever. And I was like, it was all like fake. You know, it's like I wanted to be that and I wanted to feel that, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. So it's like crazy how, you know, I don't think of myself as being a good actor, but I mean, I guess I am. But I think that that's true for a lot of people, you know. Um, So I was living in Baltimore. I was really unhappy. And there just came a point where I was like, I don't want to exist in this world anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was very close to Mm -hmm. making a very drastic decision. And um, I don't know what stopped me, but something stopped me. And I'm glad that it did. And I just realized, like, so I'm either going to die or I'm going to do something because I can't feel like this anymore. Mm. Um, And it wasn't like I did, like, one thing, you know, and then it was like, oh, everything's fine now. But I just committed to myself that, well, I guess I don't want to die. So I'm going to try and do some things that are going to make me feel better. Um, And that's really where body positivity came into it because a lot of my negativity had to do with my body and a lifetime of dieting and weight cycling and, um, you know, just feeling less than. And, um, so the changes that I wanted to make then had to do with body positivity, body love, acceptance, like love at that point was a, uh, a far off dream in the distance. Mm -hmm. So I was just trying to start with, you know, acceptance or even just, um, being embodied, Mm -hmm. you know? So I talk about all the time with people, the idea of the, um, floating head. Mm -hmm. And so I, and I say this as like, I spent most of my life as a floating head walking around existing in the world because I wasn't paying attention to my body. Um, I was a dancer. I mean, I did all these things that were very physical. I was on the soccer team. I was on the swim team. I love movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big hiker. I like I, you know, I like to ride bikes. I, I really like to move my body. But even in doing those things, I was so good at like pretending that I could do all these things and still not be in my body. So that mm-hmm. was my first step. And back then, uh, there was no Instagram. There was no body positive community. I didn't, you know, the term body positive didn't exist for me. And there were, of course, people out there, you know, because body positivity comes from the work of fat liberation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know about any of that. I was like, you know, cut off from that. We didn't have those resources then. I'm like jealous now. I mean, I'm happy right. for, <laughs> you know, people that can grow up now and have all these resources. Like, I wish I had that stuff. Um so yeah, so first steps were um, just being in my body and sitting with the feelings that came up from that. And that like is hard. Oh. <laughs> it sounds easy to some people if they don't struggle with that or if they don't think about it too much, but um, that was hard for me. And so I thought, um, oh, I'll go to yoga. So this is also mm-hmm. a good way to talk about how I got oh. into yoga. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go to yoga. Um, you know, this seems like the thing to do and people have, you know, suggested it to me and, you know, it's about being in your body and moving and meditation and all that. Like, this will be so good for me. So I went to my first class and I was really nervous because I'd never done it before, uh, in person. I had like kind of tried it on a DVD or something. 
Um, and I remember the DVD had not gone well either because it was a super thin person. And mm-hmm. when they did something, it didn't look like when I did it. And I thought, oh, I'm doing it wrong. And also, like, it kind of hurt because I was probably doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I went to class and the teacher was like, oh, is it your first time? And I said, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing at all. But I, you know, I'm hoping this will be good for me. And she was like, oh, welcome. And she like kind of paid lip service. You know, this is for everyone paying lip service to like some kind of vague, you know, accessibility or something. But the look in her eye, you could tell she was so nervous because she didn't know what to do with my body. And at that point, I didn't I didn't know that's what that was about. Yeah. You know, because I didn't I, I don't know. I wasn't savvy about it. I hadn't been through all of this yet. Um, and so there's kind of two ways that it can go when you go to a class and they don't know what to do with your body. They'll ignore you because they don't know. And they're just like, I don't even know what to do. So I'm just going to teach how I normally teach and not even acknowledge that this person is here and like maybe having issues. And then the other way is to over highlight you. Because it's like, you know, like, oh, well, if I cheerlead enough, then they'll feel good about it and they'll feel welcome. So she was a cheerleader oh. and it was horrifying Yeah. because it's my first class. I already hate my body. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing, you know, like tight clothes in a room full of strangers. I'm by far, by far the largest person in the room. And she keeps stopping. Oh, everyone look at Laura. Look at what, you know, oh, how this God. looks and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and I'm like, I'm not even doing it right. <laughs> you know? And now everyone's watching me. Oh. It was the worst. She meant well, mm-hmm. but she had no idea what to do. Anyway, so I never went to yoga again for 10 years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, this clearly is not for me. Yeah. Um, and so I became like actually a yoga hater. Mm-hmm. And I was very um, vocal about how awful yoga was and yoga culture was terrible and it was the worst and nobody should go and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I'll talk more about that later. But um, but that was like one of the first things I tried. And so it's funny that I'm a yoga teacher now. Because it went so poorly. So, I mean, so poorly in the beginning. Um, But yeah, so just, you know, baby steps from there. And I was having to make it up. That was the whole point of this was that I was having to make this up as I went along. Because there were, there weren't, you know, I couldn't just go to the bookstore and find like a body positivity book. Mm. Like, this is what you do now. Um, And I was seeing a therapist. And she was supportive of my desire to, you know work on loving myself but she didn't know what to tell me to do because she was in a thin body and she had never really had body image issues Mm -hmm. um and I didn't know how to find somebody who did you know just like whatever I didn't I needed somebody to tell me what to do yeah (laughs) and I didn't have it so I just um would make stuff up like okay I'm gonna do this activity or exercise and and work on this and um so I really was like my own therapist (laughs) body love coach yeah wow (laughs) figuring it out um but and it was really hard it was harder than it needed to be um but I stuck with it and I have to say now like going through all that and having that experience has made me like really good now at helping other people (laughs) (laughs) because I figured this stuff out for myself so um but yeah so I eventually left Baltimore came back to Houston And um, I guess this is kind of getting into how I got into yoga. And um, 
it's directly related to my body, body positivity journey because so what I tell people is that um, yoga and body positivity saved my life. Yeah. Um, even that terrible experience at yoga the first time is part of it. Mm. <laughs> um, so when I was back in Houston, I found DVDs from this woman, Abby Lentz, who um, runs heavyweight yoga. I don't know if you've heard of her. Mm-hmm. A lot of people haven't because as influential as she's been um, to like the whole world of plus size yoga and everything, um, she's older. She's not really social media savvy. She doesn't do stuff. So people don't know. Um, but I just like, I'm like everyone, (laughs) I'm looking at the microphone, everyone, um, you know, like look up Abby Lentz. She, she and Michael Hayes from Buddha body yoga in New York city Mm -hmm. and Mira Kerr. They're the reason that Anna guest jelly and curvy yoga and Amber Carnes and you know, that generation exists. Like they paved the way. And so mm. like not knocking them. I mean, obviously I love Anna cause I'm curvy. Yoga yeah. uh-huh. But like, I just want to shout out, you know, the generation that came before cause they don't get, you know, people don't know who they are cause they're not yeah. like on Instagram every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Abby Lentz and you know, her DVDs are amazing. I found them and I thought, let me give this a try cause her body looks closer to mine. Um, and I mean, it's called heavyweight yoga, like it's for larger people. And so I started doing her DVDs in my house and it just clicked. It's like what I needed, um, because it's made for people like me. And so she teaches in a way that's not body shaming and it's not limiting. Like I watched the first DVD and it's not just her on a mat. There's like a whole, um, like class of students in there all these different body sizes and like people that were bigger than me, people that were smaller than me and just like turning on a yoga DVD and seeing bodies that looked like mine or bodies that were larger than mine blew, blew my mind. Um, and they were doing stuff that was really hard. (laughs) It wasn't just like, you know, fat people sitting down and being gentle. It was like fat people holding poses that are really, really, really hard to do. Um, And that like just, it really changed my perspective about what yoga could be. Um, And so from those DVDs, I got really into, um, I had really started to cultivate a home yoga practice and um, finding the intersection between the body love, body positivity, body kindness work that I was doing and yoga. I mean, that intersection point like is the work, you know, like in air quotes, the work. (laughs) It's like the meat of what I needed as part of my like a journey to, you know, wanting to be in this world and like a truly embodying my body and my, you know, fulfilling my spirit and being a whole human being, not a floating head. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And just not feeling super negative. And, you know, so that work, of course, it's like so narcissistic, right? So that work is all about me and learning to love myself <laughs> and love my body and all this stuff. But, you know, when you learn to do that, you learn to look at others with kindness mm. and without um, judgment, you know. And so suddenly I'm less of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like looking at other people and instead of that internalized fat phobia coming out through like a bitchy comment about somebody else's body. I'm looking at them with compassion and thinking like, I wonder what their story is, you know? So it's interesting. I think, um, 
I talk, I've talked about the, this this week, and I don't know if it was in front of you. So, mm-hmm. But um, I talk about how – it was not. I talk about how there is a whole huge group of people that knows me from when I was younger and thinks of me as being, like, a huge jerk. Like, so mean and, like, mm-hmm. aggressive and defensive and, like, not really, like, who I am. And then there's all the people that met me, like, since I learned to love myself. <laughs> And I'm not mean anymore. Yeah. But it's just so crazy to me, you know, how like, how different of a person I am. You know, I mean, obviously I'm still me, but. Well, it's like really powerful and telling to know that because you already said there was so many like good things going on in your life at that time. But then like you had all this internalized shame and hate. Yeah. For your yourself and your body. Mm -hmm. And like what that can do even when things quote unquote look like they're going okay yeah on paper like everything was great yeah Yeah, I had friends that were really nice I mean and they really were nice (laughs) um but yeah I had the job and I you know had a nice apartment and blah 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 you know like I was dating and all this stuff but like inside it was like gross yeah Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about like when you are able to do the work in yourself that creates space for other folks to Mm -hmm. do the work I feel like that's kind of connected to what you were saying Mm -hmm. you know it's not that it's it's probably not just that you weren't mean anymore whatever (laughs) you know it's that you actually your um who you were became spacious for other people like Mm -hmm. you were able to offer them space to be who they were now like yeah definitely that's that's hard work to do (laughs) and that's rare I think in our society for people to be that way and that's probably why like people have um you know been attracted to you even by through social media like you have a spaciousness about you Mm. that people feel like they can relax into themselves in your presence yeah yeah, well, and that's like the other night we got to witness. What? Oh, no, I just was checking it. But yeah, but the other night we got to witness you meeting somebody that had been following you on social media mm-hmm. for I don't know how long. A long time, yeah. But like, she just, it was it was like you have known, she, like she knew you, it was like you knew her, and it was mm-hmm. just like, there was definitely this, we, we thought, oh, they must have known each other for a long time, and it was like, nope. But like, you, you just had, you definitely had space for her yeah you know and I know she was and she was amazing and so happy to meet you and yeah but it was just it was it was beautiful to watch that I mean because oh me and we're just gonna layer on top of each other here but yeah but it was it was beautiful to watch and um but it's I think it's it makes you feel like you can breathe when you watch people interact with other people in such a way that they feel like they're okay Mm -hmm. there's just not enough of that (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's, like, also creating space for people to be vulnerable with each Mm -hmm. other. Um, I think that for me, even before I thought about it in terms of vulnerability or, like, in the way that we talk about, like, vulnerability now, now that Brene Brown has, like, done all this shame research and, like, it's out there and people Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, like, capital V vulnerability, um, you know, I, I was thinking about those things and I didn't really maybe have the language around it but I have always I always have always tried to share a lot and sometimes people are like you share a lot of things 
with strangers, but then in your personal life, maybe not so much <laughs> with people that you know, um, which is true and valid. Um, and for me, it's because the people in my life that need to know things, you know, about my health or about relationships or like whatever, you know, like I'm going to tell you if you need to know, mm-hmm. you know, and the reason that I share, I mean, I'm an open book pretty much online. Um, and that's because when I realized this is, this is so stupid, when I realized that other people felt the same way as me, mm-hmm. I was it, I was like, Oh my God, like I, it sounds so stupid. Like I didn't realize that other people dealt with the same things as me, whether about food or my body or about like former abuse or anything. And I was like, oh my God, other people <laughs> have had these experiences. And like, obviously intellectually, I knew these things, but when I finally got it, I was like, oh, why don't we talk about this all the time? Mm-hmm. And so now my goal is just to talk about this all the time. And whenever, like, you know, I may have just met you or we may just be out to dinner or we whatever. But if it comes up organically in the conversation, I'm not just like insane running around the grocery store like. Yeah. You're not knocking on. I'm doors. not knocking on doors. Like, like have you heard the word? A little, little Mormon A lot boy. of people have been sexually abused in their lives. Oh, God. Um, yeah, if it comes up organically in a conversation, I um, it's kind of like a commitment that I made to myself to be open and be vulnerable and share. Obviously, if it's not a safe situation, I won't do that. Um, but I just think that I went for so long, like, you know, like my whole life up through my 20s, not sharing with people yeah. stuff that happened. And I think that you know, you were talking about the, you know, creating that spaciousness. And I think that being vulnerable with people and being really open about stuff helps to create that space, mm. you know, and, and that's not saying that everyone has to do that. If that's not comfortable, it's not safe for you. You shouldn't do that. But for me, it is, you know, and it's like, I don't know, I just decided I was going to do it. And so I'm like committed to do it. <laughs> You know, so for me, it feels okay. Um, I'm obviously not advocating for anyone to do something that does not feel safe and good for them. Um, But yeah, so I don't even know how I got here. No, that's good. (laughs) No, you're good. Um, (laughs) Well, um, you're just really delightful. And um, <laughs> we were talking on the way here and we were like, I feel like we're probably going to laugh a lot through this episode. And it's going to be fun. <laughs> um, kind of your personality is you're a little bit casual about like, I just decided to do that. And so I did. But I know there's got to be like something in there. And so my question is like, what kept you going when you didn't have a roadmap to Mm -hmm. body positivity when you like you made that choice to stay in the world Mm -hmm. to stay alive in the world so then what yeah no I get it yeah so at first it was for me because I was like well I guess I'm not gonna die so I'm gonna keep living and to keep living this is what I need to do right um and then once I was like pretty clear on I was cool with living and it was going well um so like I said I'm a cancer I'm a nurturer and a caretaker and I want to help everybody I come from a long line of teachers um I have been a teacher um both formally and like 
literally everything I've ever done for a job has included teaching. Um, I don't know. I think it's just what I'm supposed to be doing uh, is helping people because that's all I ever try to do. Um, so first it was for me and now it's just for whoever needs it. Um, and I, you know, I've worked in nonprofit. I did fundraising for a long time and communications for nonprofits. Um, and then I, I'm really bad at working in an office. So I started, um, consulting (laughs) and, um, that turned into small business coaching for creatives and that turned into body love coaching. And then I randomly became a yoga teacher. And so I'm like, Oh, this feels like exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I've been more successful doing this than I was as a nonprofit consultant. I think that I learned what I needed to learn from that. And now I'm just where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, there's nothing else that appeals to me the way that this does. Um, kind of selfishly, it feels amazing to help people. (laughs) But I also just think about like little Laura growing up and like hating herself and not knowing how to not hate herself and being really angry, um, and not really understanding why I was so angry all the time. And the idea that I could help somebody like fix that stuff I mean, it's amazing. Like, if I can do that, then I can die happy. (laughs) What I heard when you were saying all that was, like, connection. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the question of, like, what is that thing? But it's, like, as soon as you basically started working towards not being a floating head, Mm -hmm. which is, what like, the words you use, it's, like, you started becoming whole, connecting with your body. And then it's, like, through connection with yourself – which I don't think is narcissistic at all, by the way, (laughs) doing things for yourself. Um, Through that connection, like it's like your life started to organically unfold Mm -hmm. because once you really connect with yourself, it's really hard to like (laughs) ignore like the feelings that your body puts out or just like um, the, the impulses that come into you that you're like, Oh, this feels natural. This feels good. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I should move towards Mm -hmm. that. You know, because you're, you have enough space to accommodate that. So, yeah, it sounds like connection was, I don't know, and maybe you can say yay or nay on that, but it sounds like connection really was almost like your, your guiding light. Yeah, I think that's true. So connection with myself and then connecting with others meaningfully. Mm-hmm. And I had spent so much of my life not connecting with others meaningfully yeah. and really pushing people away. You know, it's like such a cliche, but like, you know, I would get attention like romantic attention from somebody and I would shut it down because like I'm going to shut it down before they can shut it down right or I'm going to shut it down because maybe it's a joke you know oh yeah which is like so sad to say out loud and think about but it's so common like you're shaking your head and you're shaking Mm -hmm. your head and I'm like yes Mm -hmm. um that's another thing you know like people don't really talk about that so connecting in meaningful ways. So I always talk about like meaningful connections because oh that's actually my word of the month, my intention. Oh, and oh, here is a meaningful connection. Wow. Oh my god, I have to tell my Perfect. Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, "Ooh." Ooh, yeah, it really is a ooh moment. Yeah. yeah. But that's true. You so like to like this moment right now, like snapshot of this moment, which is a really nice meaningful connection. Mm-hmm. And I think about like 20 years ago And like what that looked like for me. And this would not have been possible for me at that time because I wouldn't have allowed it to happen because I would have been scared about it or, you know, like whatever. I would have made up stories about how it would have gone and what 
I would have decided what you were thinking about mm-hmm. me and what you were judging my body about and like blah blah blah. I'm like yeah. that's exhausting. First yeah. of all, <laughs> it is. That's yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it, I love that. That's where you went with that because it. We've talked recently about kind of um, how you grieve. We talked about grieving the thin ideal, right? Mm -hmm. So that kind of when you go through this process of of deconstructing your inner fat phobia, there's some grief there, right? Yeah. But I think what we came to is that the grief was grieving the energy and time Mm -hmm. that we spent. Yeah. Oh, my God. If I could add up. Keeping that up. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) that I spent like wishing and hoping that I would magically become thin Mm -hmm. yeah or the amount of time and money and energy that I wasted on dieting yeah or like weird exercising that I did yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like I want my money back yeah oh you know right like metaphorically (laughs) and and also not (laughs) and also literally I want my money and my decades and my I want it back you know like I don't like to like think, oh, I wish I could do that over again. Cause I think that I really believe like we learn, mm-hmm. you know, from everything and then we grow and become stronger. But like, man, I wish I could have my childhood back. I don't want to do it over again because school, yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I like learning. I did not like school. But Oof, you know, yeah. like, man, I want like a childhood free from anxiety and depression and body shame yeah. and like weird yeah. disordered eating stuff and like, yeah. ugh. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, there's a little, and there's a lot of like, e- there's a lot of anger that comes with that too. As somebody that has disordered eating too, um, when you like, when you, when you start deconstructing that shit and you start looking back, anger is definitely part of it. Oh uh, yeah. Cause you start <laughs> seeing like where it came from, you know, and like, and who gave it to you? And who was the person that like, you know, really perpetuated it in your life? And, you know, and then you have to recognize that, oh, those are your abusers. And then your abusers could be people that you love. And that's, it's, yeah, so there's a lot of anger, a lot of sadness. But then on the other side of it, there's a lot of joy relief yes because <laughs> you just all of a sudden you have all this energy mm-hmm. and you took all this beautiful wonderful energy and suddenly magically became a yoga teacher <laughs> just, just one day right? just one oh day my God. something that you said was not good suddenly you became the thing well i didn't want to so this is funny i tried for months like I tried so hard what okay so after let me back it up hold on (laughs) I started doing Abby Lentz's yoga DVDs and they changed my life and then I was like I want to go to class but I need to go to a class like this Mm -hmm. I'm not good I've been to the other kind I tried that it did not go well I cried on the way home Mm -hmm. it was horrifying so I need somebody to teach like this and then uh, I started trying to convince everyone to become a yoga teacher. <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> so that I could go to class. So um, I, in Houston, am lucky to be a member of this really amazing community of um, very body positive, very um, free expression, loving, wonderful uh, hoopers, like hula hoopers. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I really worked them hard trying to get them to become yoga teachers because they're the perfect 
people to be yoga teachers for this kind of yoga. (laughs) And it didn't work. And so I was like, well, fine. I guess I'll go to the training. I guess I'll be a yoga teacher so that people have class to go to. I still don't have a class to go to. It's ridiculous. (laughs) After all of this, I still can't go to a yoga class, but at least I have a really good home practice. But yeah, so that's how I... um, Uh, kind of randomly got into it is that I couldn't convince anyone else to do Mm. it and I went to uh, I found out totally by chance that Abby Lentz actually lives in Austin Texas oh wow which is really close to me and that she runs an annual retreat an hour away from me oh shit yeah hi thanks universe Whoa. yeah and so I went to her retreat and it was amazing of course (laughs) um and I just I was her energy, you know, like you just meet somebody and you're like, yes, mm-hmm. you're my people. Mm-hmm. I met her and I was like, yes, you're my people. Yes, you're my teacher. And um, uh, I guess like, you know, we had a connection. And at one point I just told this story recently. It's so funny. Um, and Abby, if you ever hear this, I love you so much. And it was weird, but I love you anyway. <laughs> Hi, Abby. (laughs) Hashtag we love you, Abby. (laughs) Um, So at the towards the end of the retreat, um, she was talking to me and she was like, come really close to me. And so we stood close together and she took her hand and put it over my heart and she grabbed my hand and she put it over her heart. And she was like, this is called heart talking. And I was like, what is happening right now? This is so weird. I don't want to be rude. So I'm gonna let this happen. And I really like you. Anyway, and so I was like, Oh, my God, this is really uncomfortable and awkward. And I'm just looking into your eyes. And this is really intense. Because you know, she's like a much more evolved human being than me. So she's like ready. You know, she's like got her. She's looking into your eyes. She's reading your soul. Like she knows everything. Anyway, so she we're heart talking. And (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, in my head. Oh, my God. 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 And she goes, you don't know this yet, but you're going to be a yoga teacher. And I was like, yeah, whatever. She prophesied (laughs) over you. And I was like, "Uh, okay, Abby, you know, like, whatever. Like, I'm really uncomfortable right now. Oh, my God. Um, And she was like, you don't know it yet. She's like, let me know when you figure it out. And I was like, okay, bye. Good night. (laughs) And I was like, whatever, you know, that was weird. Okay. Um, And like a month later, I signed up for yoga teacher training. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, I I think I sent her an email maybe. I just got goosebumps. I think I sent her an email and it was like, so I just did this thing and you were right. Wow. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. (laughs) I, you know, like, so... I know people like her. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think we probably do. We all know, like, those, like, super open, spacious people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, w- I went to grad school and some of my professors were like that. Just, like, super intense, connected. They know your soul. Mm-hmm. And, like, that feeling, like, freaks me the fuck out. And even you talking about it, I was like, ah! <laughs> like, but, yeah, it's like, I aspire to be that evolved. Oh my gosh. But man, freak other people out. <laughs> yeah, I really would love to freak other people out. But like, but like, man, when it's happening to you, it's just like it's one of those. I don't. Afterwards, it's sometimes you're like, oh, that, you know, it's like I'm like, oh, that was kind of kind of nice, kind of cool, but also terrifying. Yeah, in the moment, it was certainly terrifying. Yeah, and just like weird, 
Um, and I'm, listen, I am not adverse to woo-woo things <laughs> at all. Right. I, you know, um, but in that moment, I was just, it was scary. And, yeah. And I think I knew she was right. Yeah. And it freaked me out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and so I joke about it. I say, you know, Abby, if you ever hear this, I'm sorry. Because I talk about it. And when I tell the story, it was weird. It was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But that was my fear. Um was making it uncomfortable. Uh, but it was like, you know, one of the most impactful moments of my life. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Heart talking. It's a thing. Heart talking. <laughs> it's a powerful thing. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, I kind of want to change directions a little bit. I hate to because this is, I love what we're getting into, but I'm kind of... Like you said at the beginning, the way people know you is probably by either Instagram or YouTube, mm-hmm. if they don't know you in real life. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, like, how that's been for you of having um, kind of yourself out there mm-hmm. on the internet and um, what that has meant for you in the way of um, creating community like having having support who are your supportive people have you found supportive people you know in in, in the web community or are they your in real life people what's mm-hmm. yeah okay so that was a lot of questions okay one. yes yes <laughs> first of all that's i do that a lot. i'm sorry no that's okay i'm just like i have to methodically address them okay so first of all being I mean, it's not like I'm like super famous or anything, but being on the internet and being as open as I am about stuff um, and having like, you know, some followers is both awful and great at the same time. Right. So it's awful because people on the internet, it's like when you're in traffic and it feels very anonymous and so people are dicks. Right. So the Internet, obviously, everybody knows there's trolls. People are rude and they're much ruder than they would be if they were saying this stuff to your face. Mm -hmm. So um, I've gotten I mean, I've been like on the Internet for a long time now um, because before this was I mean, I'm still on Facebook, I guess. But, uh, you know, there's Friendster and MySpace and, Mm -hmm. you know, like we've had these online ways to connect and people have as long as there's been an online way to connect people have been dicks Yep. I have gotten really good at not taking that personally um, and as I have become more confident and embodied I am more easily able to not take things personally you know because I know it's not about me when I was younger I didn't know that it wasn't about me you know, it was about me and it was about my gross body and like my ugly face and like whatever, you know. But now I know that it's like about a person that has issues mm-hmm. needing to put that on me. Mm-hmm. So it's awful because I still don't like getting them, but I get like super mean. I mean, I get told to kill myself multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. I get told that I should be raped. I get told that I should be, you know, like whatever thrown. I literally had somebody tell me I should have acid thrown on my face. Like what is wrong with you? Like keep that shit to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that part is awful. Nobody likes getting mean messages. Um, but at least I've gotten to the point where I can read that and it really doesn't penetrate, you know, my mm-hmm. armor basically. But it does suck to get that all the time yeah. and to have to have that armor, yeah. right? Um, and it's great because 
connection and community and Mm -hmm. the idea that something I post could make somebody feel less terrible, even if for a moment or help them realize that other people have the same experiences, you know, just the stuff that I went through. So, um, is both awful and wonderful, mm-hmm. you know, all in one. Um, and now I forgot the rest of the questions. No, that's good. Support. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like, so it sound just to reiterate what you're saying a little bit of like solidarity mm-hmm. yeah, makes for it sure. worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, fuck all the trolls. Fuck them. Um, but also it sucks. <laughs> like we can say fuck them, but it's, it still sucks oh, yeah. to deal with them. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, yeah. Having that solidarity is, is huge. So yeah. So then like, where do you, where do you find your support? Then? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, so it's a mix of online and in real life, but I would say it's mostly online. Because the real life stuff that I do is body love coaching and yoga classes in Houston. And, um, you know, that's a pretty small group of people. Um, I wish that more people knew about the yoga classes because every time somebody hears about it, like a local person, they're like, oh, I had no idea. I want to come to that. I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I'm not. I'm one person. I don't have a marketing team. I can't get a billboard or, you know, and I don't teach within the kind of traditional yoga studio system anymore I used to but I left my old studio and decided that I no longer wanted to work within that yoga studio industrial complex Mm -hmm. um because it's very I don't know how to articulate it it's not what I'm looking for they don't really want a body like mine teaching at their studio And I don't really want to teach at a studio that doesn't want a body like mine. So Houston does not have the kind of body positive existence at a place like Portland, where we are right now, Mm -hmm. um, or probably Seattle or, you know, a lot of other places has. So um, there's a lot of lip service paid to body positivity, but it's it's not real. In my opinion, let me just speak for what I I can only speak for myself when I see it. It's very like skin deep mm-hmm. um, and it's like, you know, they're trying to sell you something, mm-hmm. you know, it's not real to me. Um, so, yeah, so most of my support comes from people all over the world that engage online. So mostly Instagram. I don't really have um, that many people on YouTube that follow my channel. Um, but I also just recently like it's only been a year since I kind of started really doing that. Um, it's a small group, but they're really engaged. And -hmm. I think that I tapped into on YouTube by accident, a group of people that really needed me. Um, because so on my YouTube channel, uh, and I have kind of talked to y'all about this a little bit, but I started thinking, oh, I'm going to do a lot of yoga stuff on here. I'm going to post yoga videos and, um, this is going to be great. It's, you know, for my business and blah, blah, blah. And then nobody wanted to watch them. And so I had randomly posted something about um, plus size clothes and that got a crazy number of people watching. I was like, what? And so last fall I had a video that had like, I don't know how many views it has now, but last time I looked, it had like 39,000 views on it. And for a really small channel like me, that is an insane number. You know, I have less than 3000 YouTube subscribers and a video with like probably at this point, you know, 40 something thousand, which is nuts. And so like, Come to find out, I'm not, I haven't been a YouTube person. I never really got it. 
Now I love it and I watch a lot of YouTube. But <laughs> back then I didn't really get it. And so I didn't really understand that there was this whole world of plus size YouTubers out there talking about clothes, talking about weight loss, talking about, you know, whatever, dating and being fat. Um, and so I think my channel, which is a very clearly no diet talk, weight neutral channel, and is very clearly body positive. Um, I think that people are like, oh, okay. Like you're doing a clothing haul and a clothing try on and you're not talking about weight loss and you're not talking, you're not saying mean things about your body and you know, you're not like whatever. Um, And so I think that that really, I don't know, struck a nerve with some people. And so I have a small but mighty (laughs) group of um, people on YouTube that are, I don't know, really into it. (laughs) So that's great. And so I'm, you know, I talk about how I like strategically like infiltrate body positivity into those videos. And it's true, but like not, I'm not, you know, trying to be underhanded. I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to introduce people to things that might be really scary to them to think about when you've spent your whole life hating your body and being really invested in diet culture to have somebody tell you that you don't have to do that in order to like yourself is really scary. I know firsthand. Um, So I like to kind of sneak it in in ways that they don't realize that I'm talking about. Secrets out. Secrets out. Secrets out. (laughs) It's not a very well-kept secret. I talk about it a lot. I recently started um, a little series on my channel uh, where I do get ready with me. Right. It was I talk about I poorly apply my makeup (laughs) because I'm not good at it, but I really like putting it on. It's fun. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do this series. And I, this, I told everybody this, I was like, I'm going to do this series and I'm just going to put on makeup. And I know everybody likes to watch that. It's fun. But then we're going to talk about stuff that's really hard to talk about. (laughs) So I put on makeup poorly or not poorly. (laughs) You decide. Um, and then we talk about stuff that's like controversial or difficult to talk about, you know, because of feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had really good response to that. People are liking it. It doesn't get as many views as the clothes, but yeah, yeah, but people like it. It's so funny to me. That's really interesting. Yeah, I that's, love that. Yeah, that's a makeup video I would watch. Right? I don't, I don't even wear makeup. Yeah. So like, and I know nothing about makeup, but like, if, I would totally watch you put on makeup <laughs> and talk about vulnerable things. I would be like, this is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I like to watch the putting on makeup videos, but I usually mute it. So, oh. so I'm like, I, I don't like care to hear what, they what they're doing. Like now I'm using the, you know, 627 brush and <laughs> dipping into the color, you know, like ch- chocolate pudding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. I think I'm just not a cooking video. <laughs> so I have to admit, I am like really fascinated about you living in Houston. Like that because, well, because we're from Arkansas, Mm -hmm. you know, and one of the reasons that we even started this podcast in the first place is we were like, uh, this isn't, we've never heard of body positivity, fat liberation, none of this stuff Mm. until we came to Seattle. And I was like, why is this not in Arkansas? Like, you know, we, everywhere, why is this not everywhere, honestly? But like, um, we've had a lot of conversations, um, not really on the podcast, but we've had a lot of conversations between ourselves and other people about like basically there's this like this disconnection. Like some people just don't seem to want it or can't receive it or for whatever. It's scary. Yeah. It, oh, definitely it is. But yeah. I, my experience of 
it when we were living in Arkansas was very much like what you were saying about kind of being in Houston. It's like there is like, you know, there is like this body positivity stuff, but it's like very like surface level. And it's mostly it's kind of like we we always talk about um you know, growing up conservative in the church. Mm. It's it's like they, they have body positivity, oh, like kind of like they have grace. You know, like we got grace, but it only goes so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's that's our experience. So well, Bless your heart. Bless yeah. your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, well, of course you should love yourself, but also go on a diet. Oh, yeah. That is loving yourself. Yeah. But it's also like they don't have the tools to recommend anything else. They don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's like, you know, you only know what you know. Right. Right. And so if you only know the only fix, you know, to not liking your body is to change your body, mm-hmm. then that's what you're going to tell someone to do. Yeah. You know, so you have to learn. Somebody has to tell you, oh, there's another way, mm-hmm. you know. And so if there's no one there to tell you, <laughs> it can't happen. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's like a vicious cycle. And people mean well and they love you. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially, you know, like when family like is troublesome with body stuff or with food stuff they love you they want you to be happy and healthy but their understanding of happy and healthy is so limited mm. you know and it doesn't mean they're a bad person or they're stupid or anything right. it just means that they haven't been exposed to that no one's ever presented them with an alternative Ooh, that's a really important message it's a really important message because I, I think sometimes um, people quickly trip into these people hate me or like they must be, blah, blah, you know, and especially yeah. it, it's really, you know, Southern culture is what it is, mm-hmm. you know, and Southern culture is really deeply tied into Southern Christian culture. Mm. And, you know, and so it, it can be really hard, especially like we're living, we live in a very progressive area now to try to like talk, like navigate the waters of like, yeah. So it, they say things that are like really hurtful sometimes and they and like but it's not because they don't care mm-hmm. it's because they're trying to care and it's yeah. just not they're, they don't have the language yet yeah yeah and it's like you know we're raised to trust the people in charge right mm-hmm. we're supposed to trust doctors we're supposed to trust the president <laughs> <laughs> Can't, oh, even, can't even get it out. I can't out. even you get tried, it out. Tried, I did try. You know, so we're <laughs> raised to trust the people in positions of authority, right? Yeah. You know, listen to a doctor because a doctor knows, right? But doctors don't know. They get so little training, such little training in nutrition or anything, and it's super out of date, blah, blah, blah. Dietitians, for the most part, is the same thing, although that is amazingly changing, which is really cool. Um, and so, you know, you get people who have only ever heard their local doctor tell them, well, dieting or now weight loss surgery is like mm-hmm. the way to fix somebody who has trouble with their body, you know, for being fat um, or somebody who has PCOS, you know, or a variety of other things that they like to blame on being fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what else, you know, what would you expect them to say if they have no idea, you right. know? You trust the people who are in charge. You trust the people that are supposed to know. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. So basically, we need to dismantle the medical system. Yeah. <laughs> All of it. Burn it down. Burn it down. Um, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, fat face feelings. We talk about getting in our feels a lot. Um, so... <laughs> And this is kind of even a hypothetical question, but I imagine it maybe has happened before to you. So when you're teaching a class 
um, and you have someone that maybe is a first coming for the first time or um, they are, you know, a large bodied person and it may be their first time in a long time kind of being in their body, Mm -hmm. feeling embodied, you know, Um, at least for me, I know when that's happened for me, it's been a very emotional experience. Mm -hmm. So how do you, um, what do you do in that moment? If you have someone in your class, that's obviously having a very emotional moment. Mm -hmm. Um, what, yeah, what, what happens? Well, and it's not even, so it's actually very common in yoga to have people, um, have these emotional moments because, um, the work that we're doing, maybe something that I said, talking about being present in your body or just the fact of being present in your body, really anyone in a class is like at risk, at risk of (laughs) having an emotional moment. It's like an after school special. Um, yeah, so it can happen to anyone, number one, and it's very common. Um, and also when you have a fat person come in and they have one, it can be like kind of intensified um, or, um, well, let me say, anyone with a history of trauma, right, it's going to be intensified, probably, you know. Um, when you are a fat person, you have a history of trauma. I don't know you. I don't know what's happened in your life, but I'm telling you that you have had a history of trauma because you have lived as a fat person in this world. So when that happens, I kind of know like this could be a lot right now. Um, And the way that I deal with things is the way that I would want to be dealt with. And so somebody might hear this and be like, well, that is completely the wrong thing to do. And that's fine. And you can deal with it in a different way. But for me, um, you know, it kind of goes back to that over highlighting or ignoring. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You know, oh, you see somebody, you have to make a decision. Um, and so for me, what I do is I give people space and I don't show that I have seen that they're experiencing something unless they get to a point where it's clear that they need somebody to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may sound harsh and there's probably yoga teachers that would be like, that's terrible. I can't believe you would do that. You need to immediately go and soothe someone. But I think it's really important. It's part of the work to feel your feelings. It's part of the practice of mindfulness to sit with your feelings and to not judge them as positive or negative and to not react. Um, and so I think it's really important to allow people some space and time to feel their feelings. If it's clear that it's like building to a bigger, you know, maybe a bigger like crying session or they're looking like really anxiety is, you know, hitting them hard or having a panic attack or something like that. That's when I would go and I would, um, you know, ask them like, what can I do to help you in this moment? You know, um, but I'm also very like I'm hands off. I don't do a lot of assists if I need to, if I feel like somebody might get hurt in a pose or something like I ask you like, is it okay to touch your arm or whatever? But I come from a pretty extreme perspective of not touching my students. Um, I really employ a pretty hands off strategy with things. And I only what you know, I don't just go in for a hug with my students. And, you know, so it's really like kind of a trauma informed strategy that I do. And that's just because um, I come from a history of trauma. And that's how I want to be dealt with. Right. And so, you know, I can't assume anything about anyone. But um, yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. It's not what everyone would do. Yeah. Um, But for me, going in and 
distracting them from their feelings is a last resort. Mm. And so it might be hard and it's, you know, difficult for them to sit with their feelings and to be not distracted away from them. But I think it's in the long run beneficial. Obviously, if somebody is like really having a situation, Mm. you know, I'm going to help them and ask what they need. Or if they don't know what they need, then give them what I think they need, (laughs) which is a seat and some water and maybe a hug. Yeah. Um, and some, you know, breathing or maybe tell them a pose that would be calming. Um, but I've never really had a situation that kind of progressed that far because usually people, um, you know, they are sitting in their feelings and I will cue the whole class, maybe something that might be helpful for them, Mm. but not highlighting them. Yeah. I guess that would have been good to say. So I will like notice that something is happening Mm -hmm. and then, you know, we'll all maybe come out of what we're doing and go into something that is maybe, you know, not going to trigger the feelings or something that's very calming. So anytime that you are in an inversion and your uh, head is below your heart, it's typically very calming for people. Mm. So we might go into something like that. Um, Mm. Or I might have everyone take their blanket and cover themselves with the blanket, you know, because that feels safe and comforting and, you know, protected. Yeah. So I guess that would have been good to tell you. (laughs) No, no, no. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for talking through that. You don't need my approval, but as a mental health human, that's good. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Your therapist approves. All right. right. Great. Check. Um, <laughs> well, and and to be honest, um, not that there's any big secrets here, I think I probably just asked that question for myself because I, um, the times that I have attempted to participate in something similar that um, I found myself in a moment of being like, mm. oh, I'm in my body right now. Yeah. It was a very, very emotional experience for me. Mm-hmm. And um, it, how do I say this? Um, no, I'm, I'm trying to be like diplomatic. Um, oh, <laughs> like, ooh, don't, don't be. Don't, well, <laughs> exactly. Don't be. Not that it, um, it just wasn't safe enough of a space for me. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I get and that. And so I think the, um, like part of why I was, um, like, this is going to be really interesting talking to you today is because there's kind of been something in me that's like, I think that would be really good for me to mm. pursue something like yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't yet experienced a safe enough space for mm-hmm. that. And so I'm questioning it in myself. Yeah. Um, Familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Still don't have a class Obviously. to go to. <laughs> yeah. You're creating it for yourself. Yeah. And so, like... Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'll just leave it at, at that of just like, it is something that for me personally, like I am, I'm kind of struggling with, but exploring mm-hmm. and um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say for anyone who maybe identifies and that really resonates, what you just said uh, resonates with them. I would suggest looking wherever they live for trauma informed yoga classes, mm. um, which are sometimes, but not always um facilitated by an actual mental health professional okay yeah and there are some um uh, psychiatrists psychologists therapists i don't know Mm -hmm. 
one of them um, who are actually yoga teachers as well. And so they will do like their therapy is both. Wow. And I obviously can't articulate that no, very yeah. well because I don't know the details, <laughs> but that exists. That's a real thing. And that's an option for some people. I know it actually exists in Houston. Cool. Um, so that's a resource that's available. It's probably a therapist. Therapist. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because like psychiatrists prescribe medication, psychologists, like they usually do psych testing. A therapist is like somebody who like usually does the actual like talk therapy, psychoanalysis, whatever, okay. whatever brand of therapy you do. But mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, I, I, I met an intern where I work now who that's like her, her dream. She okay. wants to become a mental health uh, therapist so she can also do, cause she has a yoga practice mm-hmm. and she wants to combine the two together, which is, it's brilliant. It's brilliant because we hold so much trauma in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So it is absolutely brilliant. And it, it almost feels like you're going to experience it anyways. You're going to go through stuff. So if you aren't trauma informed, yeah. you could do some real damage to people. Yes. I cannot. I mean, like highlight that and underscore like whatever. You can really um, you can really do some damage with people. And um, if you don't know how to react to people or you know i mean just think about me i remember my experience of attending that yoga class and being over highlighted like Mm -hmm. intensely i remember that experience it is a Mm -hmm. scar on my heart you know i'm not forgetting that anytime soon that was 15 years ago yeah Mm. so mm -hmm. um I think you kind of a little bit covered the next question that I was going to ask, but maybe you have more to say about it. Like what, any advice for folks who may not be in a city that has, um, some of this available to them, what could they seek out? Like you, you mean like yoga? Yeah. If they're looking for a yoga practice, they're in a large body. They, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, always Abby Lentz's DVDs <laughs> um, are amazing. And I mean, they really changed my life. And then also, um, I mean, the main resource that I would refer people to is the Curvy Studio, which is actually why I'm in Portland right now. Um, yeah, tell more about that, what that is. So I did my yoga teacher training through Curvy Yoga, which is um, specifically for teaching teachers how to work with uh, larger bodies and work with people who need um, accessible yoga. Um, And it's just really body positive in a way that a lot of yoga teacher trainings are not. Um, It's about using props. It's about meeting your body where it is now and making your body and not making your body the problem. Right. And that's not often the approach um, that other yoga teacher trainings will take. Um, And so Curvy Yoga has this really great online resource called Curvy Yoga Studio, which is a subscription based. You can do it monthly or by uh, or annually. And it's hundreds, literally hundreds of videos of, you know, from five minutes to a full hour for all different things. And um, all of them are, I would say, you know, safe for people who have never done yoga before emotionally safe for people who need to not be body shamed I mean it's just a great resource for anyone who wants like a body positive yoga experience in their home now nothing beats a real class obviously um 
but it you know for a lot of people those resources don't exist there are a lot of curvy yoga certified teachers now and there are other programs there's yoga for all which was created by really these two great yogis diane bondi and amber Carnes. and so there are now yoga for all certified teachers all over the place um less less of them because that's a newer program but it still exists so you know like change is happening there's more stuff out there so in this moment if you need a resource you know there might be fewer ones um curvy studio is great abby Lentz's dvds there's other dvds out there um but i feel really excited about the future for you know there's always new stuff popping up there's new um there's like the instagram famous yogis you know like um larger bodied yogis uh and they're traveling around doing classes and workshops in different cities and you like you can catch them here or here you know so there's stuff happening which is very heartening to me because none of this stuff existed, you know, pretty recently. (laughs) So it's all, um, it's all new. And so I think that every year just more cool stuff comes out. So I like envy the people who are growing up now. Right. You know, yeah. (laughs) I already said that once I'm like saying it again. You don't know how good you have it. Yeah. Um, got some good ancestors. Yeah. Well, so a question we always ask at the very end of each episode is who or what is inspiring you right now? Right now. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I think mostly, of course, I like immediately think of online, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I spend too much time on Instagram. It's um, where a lot of ours come from, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. So right now, um, the people who are inspiring me um, are people who are doing work in accessibility. Mm. Um, so Annie Laney. Do you know who that is? No. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, she is a, an accessibility advocate, an activist, and she has um, these shirts that she sells, and it says the future is accessible instead of the future is female. Wow, yeah. Um, And that, like, it just hits home with me. You know, all the work that everybody's been doing in the fat liberation and, you know, body positivity has gone mainstream and been diluted. And to me, the purity of the accessibility movement right now is, like, it really, like, I don't know. I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my spirit. And it really is, um, it makes me hopeful for the future. Um, so for sure, like Annie Laney, check her out. She's amazing. Buy her shirt, support what she's doing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, Gloria Lucas from Nalgona Positivity yes, Pride. She's yes. always inspiring me so much. Um, oh, and Summer from Fat Girls Hiking. Yeah. Um, and, and like her especially because I'm about to be a fat girls hiking ambassador for Houston. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm starting a chapter. So she's rings to mind, but really the whole kind of community of these hiking accounts and and communities that are popping up, the unlikely hikers and black girls trekking is really good. Um, There's all these, you know, like people out there, these communities that don't get the attention that in the outdoor world. And I love that stuff because I'm a hiker. I'm a camper. That stuff is really important to me. So all, all of them and I'm you know there's lots and I'm not saying their names but they're all doing such important work of visibility and representation in outdoor spaces yes that has never been done before yeah ever like listen more than white people more than thin white young rich people hike and camp yeah (laughs) yes 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 yeah Yeah, and helping to make those spaces safer as well Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome 
Oh my god! Now cool. I'm just like 800 people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a long list of shows. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing yourself with us today. Yeah, of it's, course. It's it's cool to hear even just a little piece of your story. I feel like there's probably so much more that um, is you and that has brought you where you are today. Um, but I love hearing about your journey to body positivity and to to and from and back to yoga (laughs) and um it's a roller coaster and to see like you I I feel like you definitely wear your heart on your sleeve a little bit I'm similar we're cancers yeah of the just like wanting to um create space for other people to have Mm -hmm. a healing experience and I'm so appreciative of that um yeah, no, yeah. Um, I think that all the information you shared today is going to be so helpful. I know it was helpful for both of us, too, um, you know, because we're both, like, people who are interested in yoga and terrified of yoga at the same time. No, I get it. Yeah, so, like, um, it, I, it's just hugely educational, um, and I know that other people are going to hear this and feel the same way. And yeah. maybe, like, and then you gave such great resources, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I, I just know this is going to be, like, a super beneficial episode so thank you oh i hope so thank yeah. you so much for having me that's really fun absolutely yeah <laughs> absolutely positively lately do you want to go over again how people can find you yeah sure so uh instagram and <laughs> youtube are the biggest ones <laughs> so i'm at radical body love on instagram and on youtube i'm laura burns um and then uh my website is just radicalbodylove.com where if you forget anything else you can just go there and there'll be links cool cool <laughs> awesome Yay! And I I know we've probably like reposted stuff of your Instagram before, mm-hmm. and like definitely we're posted we're tagging you off we'll on be our there September in stuff. September. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> see you next. I'll be September. there for your for your self care yeah, challenge. We have to yeah. But now I do a self love like, February. I'm so like I need to go on you. I need to get more on YouTube now. I'm excited. You're inspiring me. <laughs> yeah. Get on that YouTube. So, anyways, thank you so much. Um, thank you to our listeners for. Um, hanging out with us today and if you have a moment to stop by iTunes and give us a little rating and review it's helpful to help other people find us and make the community bigger we love you we'll see you next time bye